this is the passage that Pastor Simon is going to be walking us through. This is in John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. So if you've got your Bibles, you guys can pull those out and, and open, it, open up to that. This is Jesus walks on water. Here we go. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough, and because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Thank you, John. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Pray that you would help us this morning as we um, not only consider what you said, but what you want to say to us uh, this morning. Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher this morning? Um, Would you help us to have open hearts and minds to receive from you this morning in Jesus' name? Amen. Thank you for, uh, yeah, the announcements and all of that. John, I got to take a bit of a a shot. Um, I love how you said the message this morning will be brought to you by Pastor Simon. Does that almost sound like like an advertisement? (laughs) Did anyone else catch that? (laughs) Sorry, it was just amusing. The message this morning will be brought to you by the Holy Spirit. Um, (laughs) It was a dark and stormy night. It's one of those stories. Um, Jesus walked on water. We could just leave it at that. Jesus walked on water. What are the implications? Jesus is Lord of the storm. In a dark and difficult moment, uh, his disciples, these men who were mostly fishermen, very experienced out on the open waters, uh, found themselves in a difficult situation. Uh, More than difficult, it sounds like they were stuck. It was the middle of the night, it was dark, the wind was blowing hard, they were in trouble. And Jesus came to them walking on the water. Now, when a man walks on water, and there's eyewitnesses, and they record the event uh, multiple times. In fact, we can read of this same account in the gospel according to Matthew, as well as Mark's gospel. Um, They witnessed this event. Jesus, who at this point in their minds was uh, probably uh, not necessarily like the son of God. Incarnate, 
the Messiah. They knew that he was special. They knew that he was um, a, a unique teacher, one who taught with a kind of authority that uh, the quote-unquote teachers didn't have. This wasn't just another spiritual guru. There was something different about Jesus, but he walked on water. He walked on water to help his disciples where they were at. Um, that's tremendous. That is tremendous. Um, Jesus shows up. God shows up in the darkness. Hmm. Let me just say a couple thoughts about this before we, we quickly move on and find some sort of clever twist to the story, which I've, I've kind of a tendency to do. Uh, let's, just, let's just camp out on the obvious for a moment. <clears throat> Jesus showed up in the dark, difficult situation, the storm, like the actual storm, not a virtual storm, not a metaphorical storm, but like a storm where presumably these men's lives were being threatened and Jesus shows up. This is God's MO. This is what God does. Um, If you've come to church today thinking maybe I'll try Jesus, Maybe I'll try, shoot, I don't, maybe I'll just try spirituality. I'm still making up my mind about who Jesus really is. I'm not sure where I stand with the Bible, but I've got a storm going on in my life. There's some real darkness. Um, I'm stuck. I don't have all the answers. I wonder if Jesus might be able to reach me where I'm at. This is God's MO. He walks on water. There's nothing that can keep him from getting to his people. Anyone who might cry out, Lord, help. It's dark. There's a storm growing all around me. I'm stuck. Can you help me? Can you save me? Can you rescue me? Jesus walks on water. Anyone experience this? So not like the walking on water bit per se, but the God who rescues people in the darkness. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Just the simple, wonderful reality the God of the Bible, the God who we've been singing songs to, talking about even the last 20, 30 minutes or almost an hour now, he's a God who saves. You might even argue like at his core, God is a God who rescues. And that's not something that we should ever, ever simply like um, move on from. He's been doing it for a long time now. It's what he does. He rescues people in dark, impossible places. When you think that thing that weighs you down like like an anchor, that unbearable weight of shame that anxiety that just overcomes you, that insecurity, 
that actual situation where you're like, I don't have enough money, my health is on the line, my marriage is on the brink of ending, I'm, all of the things of life that, you know, if you're alive long enough, you eventually get to and you realize, like, I'm, I'm in an impossible situation. This is, a, this is a properly dark circumstance. Jesus walks on water. He's able to reach you where you're at, to rescue you, to get you across to the other side. I remember when I was 24 years old, quite a while ago now, um, being stuck in addiction, well, mostly just addiction of different sorts and kinds. Um, I smoked a lot of pot and watched a lot of porn. Porn and pot, those are the things. Um, those, are, those are fun, those are super fun. For a minute, for a minute. Then it gets, just gets gross, it gets depressing. Shame begins to creep in. I began to wonder, like, I wonder if I'll ever like, grow out of this. I wonder if I'll ever move on. I remember trying to quit, not porn, but pot. I remember smoking so much weed. I started when I was around 16. So many of you have heard me talk about this. It's been a while. But I, there was something about it. You know, in retrospect, after quite a bit of therapy now, I realized that I was trying to escape something. There was some stuff deep inside. And of course, we all have our ways trying to escape numbing, whatever, you know, whatever it is, childhood stuff, etc. And some of you sitting in here, I, you probably smoke pot, I'm not like oblivious. I'm, the people at the dispensary right there are really nice. I've been in there. I was asking them to hang up one of our church flyers. <clears throat> I'm putting on a little like Harvest Kids Club for the kids. Very nice, they're like, yeah, we'll put it up in our, in our break room. Um, anyway. I'm not oblivious to the fact that some of you are like, dude, look, I smoke weed, like move on. No, I'm not gonna move on, I'm not gonna move on. Because I smoked weed for a long time and I was trying to escape. Or at the very least, just numb something. It started out as just for fun. And then Jesus rescued me. I was stuck. Man, I was stuck. Remember trying to like quit? Nah. Forget about it. Jesus walks on water. I remember being in a number of relationships. Like it was, in retrospect, there was a very, very clear pattern, like a cycle. It usually lasts about a year. Just one girl after the next, one girl after the next. And it was like, it was always kind of different, but not. And I remember thinking, am I ever gonna like move on? Is this just gonna be the thing that I do for the rest of my life? And I remember wanting to like do it different, break out of the cycle. For the life of me, I was just stuck. Could not break out of the cycle. I mean, I could, I could tweak things here and there and, and think to myself like, oh, it's different this time. In retrospect, I was living in darkness. I was stuck. And Jesus walks on water. 
He set me free. Jesus is in to saving people, to delivering you from addiction, to rescuing you from yourself. He deals with our sin, you know, like the storms of our hearts, the things that we do that we love doing but we hate doing, and that we occasionally think, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna live differently, but I can't, because it's something like in, deep in my soul that's just got a hold of me. Jesus walks on water. He's, he's in to rescuing people. So I've shared my junk. Some of you are probably like, I don't smoke weed, and I've been celibate for a long time. Awesome. You got stuff. We all got stuff. Jesus walks on water. There's, there is something else to the story. Um, this is one of the, the reasons why I love that we're working our way through the book of John. Um, he doesn't ever just tell a story. Um, there's always like layers to it, theological layers. There's something else going on in the story. Um, Jesus, he sent his disciples out into the darkness. It says that it, it had grown dark, so they went ahead and set out. You have to read between the lines a little bit. Presumably, Jesus probably said something like, I'm going up to the mountain to spend time with my father. If I'm not back before dark, go ahead and leave without me. I'll catch up with you on the other side. In Matthew 14 and Mark 6, we're told explicitly that Jesus did command them to leave without me. So we can kind of connect the dots and say that, well, actually, they, weren't, they didn't just happen to, to be out in the middle of the lake late at night and a storm broke out. Jesus sent them into the storm. Jesus told them, I want you to get onto the boat, wait till it's dark and go out into the middle, usually around the time that the winds really begin to pick up. So they did. You know, Jesus, this is part of, um, if you're a Christian, it's good to know what, what, what is the life of a Jesus follower meant to look like? How does he disciple us? How, do, how does he want us to grow in, in our relationship with him, that we might mature in, in how we trust and obey King Jesus? And so he does these things. He, and we, we, can, we can read about these stories, but as, as we go, patterns begin to emerge and we realize like, oh, this is what it looks like. This is what Jesus does. This is how he helps us to grow in our faith. This is how Jesus teaches us to trust him. And one of those things is that he'll send us on these little uh, missions, these adventures in life, where we end up right in the middle of some like dark, hard, scary storm. Intentionally, intentionally. Now, let me qualify that a little bit. I don't think every storm in life, I don't think every hard thing, I don't think every time we suffer that that is God's, um, let's say, explicit will for our lives. I think sometimes um, living in a broken world 
where virtually everything and life in it is affected by sin. Sometimes uh, things happen that, that God has yet to redeem according to his will. Like we pray for John, his little girl, Isla, so she recovered. That's awesome, and a bunch of us were praying for her. But I can't help think, but think in a moment like that, not every child recovers. Not every child recovers. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to, to qualify this very carefully to say that sometimes children die, and it's not because God thought this will be a good test. This will be a good exercise. I don't actually find that in scripture. I think God is the master of redemption and he can use anything, however difficult or however evil the enemy's intentions were for it. Jesus can redeem it. He walks on water. Here's the point that I do wanna make. In terms of the life of a disciple, Jesus will send us into dark places. He'll tell us to get on the boat after dark and head out into open waters where we find ourselves over the deep place. Now, Genesis 1, chapter 2. Anytime we're we're, we're reading of a story where you have some people out over the deep waters, the chaotic place, the dark place, the scary place. Think Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. When Jesus begins to um, hover, if you will, over the face of the waters, it is a Genesis chapter one reenactment This is the Lord of creation walking on water. Hmm. What does Jesus want to um, teach us? If you find yourself in some difficult, dark, stormy situation in life. And you wonder to yourself, is this, is this the result of prayer? Why is everything getting harder? I thought Jesus was simply meant to improve my life. Why does it feel like uh, there's like some sort of, um, I don't, invisible forces at work against me. Why does it feel like my life is getting more complicated and I'm meant to have peace and comfort and joy and, and, and yet it feels really difficult. Like this is a storm of life and we find ourselves there. What is Jesus trying to teach his disciples? What's the purpose? Why send them out into the dark waters without him? says that they were afraid when they saw him walking over the waters in the darkness. They were freaking out. What was Jesus trying to teach them? Um, This story, the John chapter six here that we've just read, it's actually, um, if you zoom out a little bit, uh, it's, it's, 
It's the story that happens right after Jesus fed the 5,000 with two fish and five barley loaves. After they get to the other side, the very next thing that Jesus starts teaching the people about is how he is the bread of life. He says, your fathers ate manna that came from heaven, but I'm here to tell you that I am the true bread who's come from heaven. He's, he's tapping in to this ancient story that he's now reenacting in real time. You might recall one of the more well-known stories in the Old Testament. God's people have been in slavery, living in slavery for like 400 years in Egypt. And they begin to cry out. And so God sends a man named Moses. And he does all of these signs and begins to, to work through, through Moses. And, and, and he's basically in the process of rescuing his people from a dark situation. And there's all these signs and plagues and, and these things that happen. It's an epic story. And at the very end of it, they're leaving Egypt. They're being delivered from slavery from that stuck place, and they get to the Red Sea. And we're told that God told his people, enter the waters. Moses uses his staff, God splits the Red Sea, and they pass through it. What happens on the other side? They get manna. They have no food. So they cry out to God again, and God gives them bread from heaven, this substance they call manna. This is where we're at in the story. Jesus is like, he's, he's retelling this epic tale. Only this time, he crosses the sea, he gets to the other side, and he starts to talk about the bread from heaven, only he's it. So he's wanting his disciples to learn an ancient lesson. Something about what they just experienced should should connect back to when God's people were rescued out of the dark place and they crossed the deep waters and God was present. God met them there and he rescued them and they got to the other side and they ate the manna. What, what is it all? What is it all? Jesus is trying to teach his disciples simply how to depend on him. That's what it is. I'm sorry if you were hoping for something much more profound, but that's it. It's, that's simply it. That's simply it. Jesus sends his disciples out into the storm. It's dark, they're terrified. They think they're gonna die. He walks on the water to meet them in that place so that they might feel like this is a visceral moment that they might feel the reality that they need a savior. Jesus is trying to teach his disciples how to live dependent on him. Now when we get towards the end of John, eventually he just comes right out and says it. John chapter 15, verse five, I think, you can do nothing apart from me. And this is how Jesus lived his life. He said, I can't do anything that I'm not doing in partnership with my father. I, don't, I only say what I hear him saying. I only do what I see him doing. He was living in this uh, intimate, 
dependent relationship with his father. Now normally, it would be an unhealthy thing to live in a dependent relationship with another person. Unless that other person is um, God. Jesus walks on water. He wants to teach us how to live our lives in such a way that we consistently come to the end of ourselves and begin to experience life that's lived in radical trust in him, which is the only way to live. Because the man walks on water. He rescues, he helps, he loves. In that Exodus story, Moses, he says to the people, they're being pursued by Pharaoh's army. They're about to pass through the Red Sea. And he says to the people, the Lord will fight for you. And you have only to be silent. The Lord will fight for you. When we find ourselves in, um, it, maybe it's uh, an addiction cycle, it could be uh, some really difficult, hard, painful situation of life. Um, typically, if I can speak for like humankind, uh, typically we look for ways to control the situation. Any means. We look for a point of leverage. We look for some principle. We look for some way to control the situation. Because we're anxious. Because we're afraid. Because we're relapsing. Because we've been triggered. Because our trauma is now overwhelming us. Because the thing that's so hard about that dark, deep, impossible situation has now backed us into, a, into the proverbial corner such that now I've got to somehow control this situation. Otherwise, I'm gonna die. I feel like I'm going to die. And so we tend to try to control. You know, that only makes things worse. When we try to control try to control the people around us. Jesus wants to teach us how to relinquish control and let him be strong for us. That's it. That's what uh, discipleship as a follower of Jesus looks like. I can't break the cycle. I can't set myself free. I can't stop doing it different. I can't stop. I can't stop. And it would seem as if perhaps Lord Jesus has actually sent me straight into the storm that I might come to a place where I realize, oh my goodness, I can't control this anymore. Lord Jesus, would you save me? 
And we live this over and over and over. This is why Jesus says, to follow me is to die to yourself daily. To pick up your cross like me and follow me. Galatians 2.20 says it. It's no longer I who live, but Christ Jesus who lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. That's what he wants to teach us. That's why he puts us on a boat headed straight into the darkness. And he says, I'll meet you there. Jesus walks on water. I want to encourage you with this. And I'm, I'm done. I'm done. This is, that, this is my sermon this morning. I simply want to encourage you with this. If you find yourself like being led or pulled into a situation where there's something about it that causes you to want to control it. It's usually something to do with another person. Some sort of relational thing, some conflict, offense, unforgiveness, a childhood issue. Something's happened to cause you to feel like this storm is erupting inside of you. And when you get in that place and you're afraid and you're panicked and you're anxious and you're being triggered and you're beginning to relive some sort of a, a childhood pattern, the temptation is to control, control that situation, numb it, escape, do something. And Jesus says, no, no, be still. Let me fight for you. Relinquish control. Let it go. Trust me. I can walk on water. Wherever you're at, I can get to you. I am strong enough. Jesus would say, I am faithful enough. I know you don't believe me, but I really do love you that much. Do you believe him? Can we stand together, please? Father, thank you for the way that you you take us on these journeys. You lead us to these places where it feels like um, things are going uh, not good. Things just got complicated. Only you do it not to um, manipulate us or because you're a mean, vindictive God, but because you love us and, and you're desperate to, to help us, to teach us, um, to teach us how to be still and let you fight for us. Lord Jesus, um, would, you, would you meet us in all of our respective places. Lord, where there are storms on the inside. Lord, where we feel afraid. Lord, where we're just managing the situation. Would you help us to, to relinquish control? 
to give you whatever that thing is that we're clinging to or finding some sort of temporary comfort in. That excuse that we've made so long, can't even remember coming up with it. That thing that we've used to justify our self-hatred. Lord, would you help us to relinquish control and to let you rescue us carry us to the other side. Would you fill our hearts afresh with your love, Lord? Teach us to trust you because it's hard. It's, it's one of the great um, miracles that you offer us um, that we would actually have the courage to stop doing the thing, to let go of the sin, to name the fear to call it what it is and to say, Lord Jesus, would you rescue me? Lord Jesus, you walk on water. There's no one too far, too out of the way, too difficult, too complicated, too messy, too damaged. There's nothing in heaven or on earth that can separate us from your love. your name. Amen. Let's worship.